Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, I'm your host, John June. And of course, on this lovely Wednesday evening, got to have my guy, Greg Penniman. Greg, how we feeling today, bro? Yes, sir. Just just one day away. Yo, I feel like I've been saying the days every time we get a closer episode. Uh, yo, I'm just so excited, yo. It's, it's going to be crazy tomorrow, man. You know, Tampa Bay, Dallas, they put a really good game on, on this Thursday night. Yo, it's just crazy, yo. The storylines, it's wild. NFL brings some of the craziest seasons, so uh, I'm ready. Definitely, man. I mean, we are recording this on Wednesday, September 8th, about 7 p.m. So we are in anticipation, in anticipation of the Thursday night football game for week one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Dallas Cowboys. So if you're listening to this on Thursday morning or watching this on YouTube on Thursday morning, um, then you'll obviously, you know, you'll be catching this episode, but hopefully you'll be catching the rest of our episodes that we have because we are in our regular season schedule, right? So to, uh, on Friday, you'll hear week one uh, game previews part one, and then Saturday it'll be week one game previews part two so make sure you're following us make sure you're, you're sticking uh with us and subscribe to the channel so you make sure that or and the podcast as well so you can make sure that you are um getting all of this content that we're putting out and don't forget about the tuesday episode either because we record waivers on monday night so we'll drop the waiver uh and the weekly recap and we do studs and jags studs and jags on this show JAG stands for just a guy. Uh, so that's always fun. Um, but let's uh, let's get into it, man. We're going to give out some streams of the week today. We're going to break down Thursday Night Football. And then you definitely want to stick around at the end, have an interview with Edwin Poros of FancyPoints.com. He's a doctor of physical therapy and injury analyst. We cover some guys who are dealing with some injuries and how to approach them in your week one lineups. So and we also get his thoughts on Thursday Night Football. So stick around for that at the end of this episode. And, um, Greg, let's just jump into these streams of the week, man. So the first one Ooh. of the year, week one, it's it's oh, tough. We don't, we don't know what we don't know. Nah. Right? And so we're coming in here blind as all heck. But, you know, we've got our we've got our matchups. We've got our guys that are rostered in under 50 percent of Yahoo leagues to give out as recommendations, as plays for y'all here. Yes, sir. So, Greg, who's your quarterback stream of the week this week? Okay, before I get to my streams of the week, first of all, that, that Tuesday episode is probably my favorite episode because that's the, that's the episode where I get to, you know, really brag and talk my stuff, you know. So that's 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 first of all. But for this stream of the week, for the quarterback, I'm going to go with my guy, your guy, yo, Sam Darnold versus the Jets, man. This is what we're going to do, uh, quarterback stream of the week. He's only 14% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. 
He's got a great matchup versus, you know, one of the weaker secondaries in the league. Uh, very inexperienced. You know, the, the receivers that Sam Darnold has now are pretty good. They had a coming off a great season last year. So both DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson should eat with Terrace Monster Jr. being a name that we're probably going to mention, you know, popular waiver wire pickup after week one on that Tuesday episode. So definitely uh, talk, talk about him. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, generally a nice place game. Uh, you know, the game total is 45 and a half. The weapons that Donald should, should give him has success. And even when he's going to face pressure, he has Christian McCaffrey. So, Sam Darnold, it's a good play. No, definitely a good play there, man. Uh, I mean, he was on my radar for sure. Um, but I had, a, I had a feeling that you would pick up. I don't know what it was. Just had a feeling. But I'm actually going to go with Carson Wentz, another quarterback trading teams. Uh, 14% rostered in Yahoo leagues going up against the Seattle Seahawks playing in a game with the seventh highest total on the week. He's a two and a half point underdog at home going up against Russell Wilson. So, you know, he'll have to score some points. Seattle gave up the fourth most fantasy points to the quarterback position last year. I think the game script and the matchup here, Wentz can knock on the door of a QB one finish. Definitely like that. Once, you know, was able to, from going from, he might miss first half of the season, almost like max to now almost, you know, being there week one. So definitely a great recovery for him. And hopefully it comes through week one. Yeah, Greg, who is your tight end stream of the week this week, man? So my tight end stream of the week, this is definitely always the the hardest for uh, picking, you know, the calls. But I'm, I'm going to go with Zach Ertz this week versus Atlanta. Uh, he's only 34% rostered in, in Yahoo leagues. You know, people are pretty locked into Dallas Goddard, which, you know, for good reason. I think he is the number one tight end in this, in this lineup. But, you know, he's locked into a great matchup versus Atlanta, first of all. Uh, the entire Philly offense should succeed all day uh, against that young defense um, that doesn't get much pressure on the quarterback. So Jalen Hurts, and he should get it to his weapons. And in this offense, where well, the receivers are very young, over Rager and both uh, Devontae Smith, very young, only the Rager's the only play com- combined games between those two. So I think Hurts relies on his tight ends a little bit uh, more in this game, and he gets it to, to Hurts. He gets his targets and probably can get into the end zone. No, Hurts is definitely a sneaky good play this week. I mean, he you know, the, expect the Eagles to run a lot of 12 personnel. Nick Sirianni comes from Indianapolis. They ran a lot of 12 over there. Expect them to do that. And Zach Hurts is, is playing more of this receiver role while Dallas Goddard is stuck doing some of the blocking there. So I think this is a good play in a, in a game where I'm trying to get as many pieces in this Atlanta Philly game as, as I can. Um, but my tight end start, my tight end stream of the week, not start of the week, not there yet. Not, I'm not I'm time for that. Man. That's, that's for Saturday, <laughs> but my tight end stream of the week this week, Cole Komet rostered in 36% of Yahoo leagues going up against the LA Rams who were 13th in 2020 in terms of fantasy points allowed above average to the tight end position. And basically what that metric is saying is that if you take the average PPR points allowed by each defense and see how each defense performs relative to that average, we can see which teams are providing an advantage as a matchup. So I think Komet takes over as the tight end one here in Chicago, and it should start in a game like this one where Dalton could probably be in trouble, have to lean on Komet and the short yardage passing game to generate some offense. And who knows, maybe we get Jay, Justin Fields at halftime. I don't know. I'm just saying. But a plan. But uh, Cole Komet definitely uh, should be is a guy that I think could be could be looked to as a, uh, a streaming option at the tight end position. Yeah, you never know what that that line probably giving Dalton a little havoc. You never know what we might see throughout that game. Definitely, uh, Greg. Who's the defensive special teams stream of the week that you got for the people, man? And we and look. We give out the advice not to draft a defense, and so 
we got to hit on true. these streams. True, that's true. If we're going to give that advice out. So who are you streaming this week at the defensive position? So I know one of the top plays in fantasy is, you know, Denver against his Giants offense. So, but, you know, I think the Giants defense as well can get a little bit against Denver as well and hold their own. They're only 5% rostered uh, in Yahoo leagues. You know, coming off of a pretty good season last year, I think we should stop sleeping on the Giants defense. You know, they only allowed 5.3 yards per play last season. That was top 10 in the league. Uh, they also addressed their edge rushing, hopefully, with Ojulari, uh first-round pick. So, yeah, so I think they can make some noise uh, in the sack department and get to Teddy Bridgewater and uh, be able to, yeah, I think it's going to be a decent scoring game. It's not going to be too many points in that game. So I think the Giants go hold their own as a defense you can stream. Definitely. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, I felt like at one point I was banging the table for the Giants. Yeah, defense. yeah, you were. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yep. But, uh, no, I, I definitely like I like both these, both these defenses. And typically we like to look for defenses that are favored um you know favored on the favored at home that's always the the big one so i know carolina is out there they're rostered but I, you know i'm not going to necessarily bring them up uh because a, a lot of people are i'm sure making that play right. but they're still in the roster in 36 percent of yahoo leagues i actually checked that but there's one defense that i think has greater long-term potential mm-hmm. um because i always if i'm going to play a defense i don't like to play a bad one and carolina was a bad one um, I'm talking about these LA Chargers, man. They're going up against Washington. They're one point favorites against Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, granted, they are on the road and a West Coast team traveling east, but the Chargers defense is healthy. And that's not something you could have said for at nice. all at, over the last few years. Uh, and it has playmakers. You got Joey Bosa, you got Jerry Tillery, you got Derwin James, uh, you know, Chris Harris Jr. in the, in the on the back end. I mean, there's there's some there's some playmakers here that can wreak havoc here on that side of the ball. And so I'm comfortable scooping them up, playing them week one. I think they played Dallas week two. But after that, I mean, we saw Brandon Staley take this defense or take the Rams defense. to the number one unit in the league, I don't see any reason why the Chargers with the talent they have can't get up to that level. Uh, Not saying number one, but top five, top five shouldn't be out of the question for the Chargers defense. And they're available 34% of Yahoo leagues. So I'm scooping them up and playing them in, in a ton of leagues this week. Yeah, if we think, you know, this Chargers team is going to take that next step, getting deep into the playoffs, the defense is going to have to be part of that for sure. Uh, so, yeah, I like that play and for season long. I, usually always trying to call that Washington the last year or whatever. Yeah, the defense that could make you like, like make a yeah, last. Yeah, I mean, it was Washington last year. <laughs> we got San Fran the year before. Yep, I, mean, I we're remember hot. that too. Yep. We're hot. Yep, so I remember that too. Saying, <laughs> we might get the number one or a top T defense out of out of this when it's all said and done. So just just keep vibing with us. But Greg, if yes, they sir. vibe with us, then they thrive with us. Ooh. And if they oh, thrive man. with us, then they gotta prop up with us too, man. So Greg, tell right. us, tell them what we got, man. Man, come on, pop up in, uh, on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Uh, Thrive Fantasy, speaking of that, is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. You know, Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy vibe for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. 
Thrive has over 140,000 guaranteed prizes for NFL Week 1 and has awarded over $4 million. Thrive's featured $100,000 guaranteed contest is just $20 to enter, and first place takes home $20K. Use that promo code FFDX when you sign up today, uh, and you will receive 100% instant first deposit match up to $100. Download you know, Thrive Fantasy uh, today, and you know, also got to... If you use this promo code for FFDX and you deposit 50 or more to receive 100% uh, deposit up to $100. And you get one free ticket to both our Thursday Night Football $20,000 contest and our NFL Week 1 Sunday $100,000 contest. So got a lot of deals, promos going on. So use that pro code FFDX. This is probably even, this is even the better promo. So, yeah, do what you got to do here. Uh, and yeah, Go on that www.thrivefantasy.com uh, and sign up and prop up today. Let's go. Let's go, man. And, and with that, why not prop up for Thursday Night Football? So in anticipation of some Thursday Night Football, let's just get right to it, man, and break it all down. We got the Dallas Cowboys. The first time I'll say this all year, 0-0 zero and zero, Dallas Cowboys traveling to take on the 0-0 zero and zero Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium. We've got a 51.5 point total according to FanDuel Sportsbook. The the line here actually moved uh, a whole point in wow. Tampa's favor um, that could have something to do potentially with Zach Martin, who we'll get into that in a little bit. But the line is eight and a half now. Tampa Bay yeah. is favored in this game, which will take place Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. In terms of the... Weather concerns, uh, you know, we're not in this season where we'll talk about weather a lot or weather will impact games, but we will talk about it on this show. It's one of the things that we actually really experienced a lot last year uh, in a lot of games. It, it's definitely a factor, but it was something that we were definitely more tuned in with, uh, you know, in more with. Wow, can't speak today. We we're definitely more in tune with last year, but this year we're going to continue that. So in this game, some weather, some thunderstorms leading up to kickoff. But some light rains expected at kickoff. Nothing that should really impact this game. In terms of injuries, referenced it before. Dallas guard Zach Martin is on the COVID list, which could impact his availability for this game. He's not completely ruled out. He tested positive on Saturday, but because he's vaccinated and not showing any symptoms, he can return five days later as long as he has back-to-back -back negative tests. So this is definitely something to watch here. Um, and then in terms of injuries on the Tampa Bay side, Chris Godwin, he's deal he's dealing with the quad injury. Um, you know, we talked a little bit, we talk a little bit to, or I talk a little bit to Edwin Poros about uh, Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, who are both dealing with some injuries. Uh, he doesn't seem to think that there'll be too much of an issue. He says to keep, keep monitoring Chris Godwin, but obviously we'll get to that conversation a little bit, but just to let you all know that they should be, they should be good to go. They should be playing in this game. Greg, we'll take it over to you. What say you on this matchup here uh, for all the listeners that don't know, first-time listeners, first-time watchers on YouTube, we will cover the spread, the total. We'll give our picks for, every, for the game and give the fantasy goodness. So, Greg, start us off here, brother. So I'm taking the over in this game. I'm still taking the Dallas Cowboys to cover. I was taking it at 7.5, and now I'm – Definitely still taking it at eight and a half. Uh, and I'm, but I'm taking Tampa Bay to win the game. Um, 
definitely can't see Dallas getting blown away, even, you know, in the home season opener for Tampa. Uh, in the last two seasons with, with Dak on the center, center which was 21 games. Uh, the Cowboys have only lost, you know, by eight or more four times. So now that it's even nine, that's probably, I don't even think, if I could check that, it would be three times. So I don't, Dallas is not a team that's usually getting blown out a lot. Uh, I think they, they cover the spread, but uh, Tampa gets the win. Uh, on Tampa's side, you're starting Tom Brady. Um, you know, it's a QB, QB one week ahead for him. He's playing a, a Dallas defense that, uh, you know, probably got better on the, on the, in the, in the line, but the secondary is still uh, below average. I think, um, you know, starting all three, three of the receivers, um, it's going to be a lot of points in this game as I have the over, um, that all have three of them have a favorable matchup against this Dallas secondary. Don't be afraid to just start a B with confidence, man. B throw them out there. Uh, expect, uh, I think a top, you know, 30 week from all three of these guys, but I think a B has some good upside in this one. Um, you know, last year in those eight games, he was on a 16-game pace for 90 receptions on 124 targets. So, uh, AB's a guy you should definitely, you know, watch out for this season uh, to kind of, you know, maybe lead these Bucks receivers. Um, I, the only what I'm intrigued about on the Bucks side is again the running backs, of course, the Jones and Fournette's, the Jones and Fournette snap share, uh, and also how many receptions you know Gio Bernard gets uh, in this offense as well. Um, but I think you can start Jones as a good safe play uh, as an RB2 uh, for net as well as an RB2. Um, and we're talking Gino Bernard for a low-end flex side, but I would probably wait and see for him. Uh, on the Dallas side, you're starting Dak, you're starting Zeke, uh, you're starting the receivers, Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. I think CeeDee Lamb gets a little slight edge uh, over Cooper. Um, average over eight targets in those five games with Dak uh, when he was there. So I think, you know, CeeDee's going to be the guy. Gallup is more in the flex conversation for me, uh, expecting more like five, six targets for him. Um, you know, the Tampa Bay defense is arguably the best defense in the league um, from top to bottom with all their depth. Uh, so, you know, also if there is no Zach Martin, that just changes the whole landscape of Dak getting the ball out. And, you know, so definitely without Zach Martin, it kind of bumps their, their upside down a little bit um, with Zach Martin in that lineup. I think, you know, the receivers can be both top 24 plays, C.D. and Cooper. And for, you know, the most intriguing storyline for Dallas side offensively is the tight ends, I think. Uh, how that snap share and the, how the routes run are going to be between uh, Jarwin and Schultz. I think from, you know, one of these guys could be definitely a waiver wide pickup uh, how how they're using this offense. Yeah, I'm I'm so the before this before the Zach Martin news, I was all over this over. I'm all over Dallas to cover this line. If Zach Martin can't play, I'm just afraid is Dallas going to be able to to keep pace. So, I'm going to just I'm going to say I'm I'm picking the over. I'm picking Dallas to cover. I'm taking Tampa Bay to win this game, but that's all tentative on Zach Martin playing. Um, mm-hmm. If Zach Martin doesn't play, I'm probably going to go under 51 and a half. I I probably may, maybe Dallas doesn't cover uh, I mean, eight and a half is a lot, though, man. Yeah, so it eight is. and a half is a lot. So, it is. I mean, I mean, they could lose by ten. I mean, look, it, like we've seen Dak without that offensive line and what it does to him, um, and, and obviously what it did to Zeke last year as well. Zeke went as far as to call him Zach Martin their best player on offense. Uh, I mean, that's pretty high praise there on a, on a very talented offense. So, uh, you know, this is not. This is not no joke. It's it's almost like what you know if, if Quentin Nelson couldn't play for the Colts, how we would feel about that. So uh, that I'm just kind of you know going through that there in my head. But obviously, I you know this is the fourth highest total on the week according to FanDuel Sportsbook. The Bucks have the second highest implied team total. 
So on on that side, I'm, I'm into playing all their pieces. You know, give me Tom Brady as a high end QB one. Uh, I, I think all Bucks, all three Bucks receivers are in play. Each one having wide receiver one upside, but you know, I think they're I think they're all wide receiver twos for me this week. Uh, if I had to pick one to play, it would be Evans when, with the other two dealing with some injuries. But in terms of the running backs, I think I think Rojo's the guy I want to play uh, as an RB two. I mean. You can't get away probably with with playing both of these guys. You're gonna have to call your shot. Um, so I'm I'm just gonna bet on Rojo there. Giovanni Bernard has some intrigue in a deeper PPR league, but like I'm talking like a deep PPR yeah, league, 16, like 14, league, 16, yeah, 14, team league, yeah, yeah, PPR league, or like you went you went real heavy zero RB and you got nothing, or you lost J.K. Dobbins and you need a running back. Like yeah. I'm talking that deep kind of play for me for Giovanni Bernard, but I'm kind of with you, Greg. I want to see what is that role like after week one. He, we know he was dealing with a mid, what they call it, a mid-high ankle sprain, whatever the heck that was. <laughs> that whatever Bruce Arians made up that he's a liar. We already know that on this you show. You know that, yes, sir. Bay, Pete yep. Carroll, they're on, yep. they're on our hit list. But for the Cowboys side, Dak is a high-end QB1, even in the tough matchup. There, there should be enough volume here for Dak to have himself a nice week. Zeke, downgraded to an RB2 for me with just how good this Bucks run defense was last year, uh, how good they can be again this year. But you're still going to play him, obviously. Uh, Amari Cooper is in play as a wide receiver, too, for me. Uh, CeeDee Lamb's a top 10 play for me this week. Um, failed to mention Amari Cooper does have wide receiver one upside. Uh, and then Gallup, like you said, desperation flex. I think he's in flex consideration there, uh, given the high point total and the fact that the Cowboys will might most likely be throwing this, throwing the ball in this one. If I'm playing a tight end in this game, uh, give me Jarwin in PPR leagues and then give me Gronk in half or give me Gronk in half for standard. Um, and I guess if I had to get a bold prediction for this game, uh, both quarterbacks go over 302 touchdowns. Ooh, I like that. Definitely for everyone in play here. I think everyone wants a lot of these players to succeed. A lot of starting lineups are are, are based on this game right here. Um, a bold prediction. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, AB getting a touchdown. Can I get two? Like, what's Can up, you bro? Two? Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's 52. Let's get it's yeah. AB. Let's get it's AB, baby. It's AB. My man Bruce <laughs> Arians, even though he's a liar, did say AB is looking like four to five years ago. AB Pittsburgh Steelers greatest receiver I've ever seen in my lifetime. You know, AB. This is what I'm talking about here. Before he froze his feet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, everybody, we hope you enjoyed the Thursday night preview. Uh, but we're done. This is it. Yes, sir. Next thing you'll be listening to uh, is this interview that I had with Edwin Porras. So you definitely want to stick around for that. But again, we thank you all for listening. Please rate, review the show. Rate, review the podcast, wherever it is you're listening, wherever it is you're watching. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification bell on YouTube. Make sure you're following us at FF Diagnostics on all social media platforms. Make sure you're following Greg at we underscore made it on Instagram at G money underscore truth on Twitter. And make sure you follow me at JR football nerd on all social media platforms. But until next time, y'all have a good one. And we are out of here. Peace. Yeah. My next guest is somebody who I've been excited to get on here for a while. We've been trying to get him on, but uh, schedule did not permit for a while. But we finally got him. 
Edwin Poros, doctor of physical therapy and fantasy analyst who covers injury and analysis for fantasypoints.com. Edwin, thank you for coming on, brother, and welcome to the show. Oh, man, I'm so excited to finally be on here with you. It's I feel like it's been two months, three months that we've been trying to get this to work, right? I think since July. I think July was the first date, and then we pushed it back, then we pushed it back, then we pushed it back. But we're here, man. We're here. We're ready to talk some football, ready to talk some injuries. I'm excited, man. Definitely, man. And, you know, you are you're, you're, you cover injuries uh, for fantasy points. You're more than that, though. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put that label on you. You are a fantasy guy who happens to be a doctor of physical therapy, and you like to use that to help guide us less knowledgeable people in terms of injuries on how to kind of manage, you know, whether it's a, a, a player from a, you know, that deals with an injury in game and being able to tell us what that prognosis might be like and how long they might be out or, you know, what to expect from them when they do return. Like, you know, do they return early? And I, I do appreciate your work. Because it, it honestly gives me an insight to a place that I don't know about. I don't know about injuries other than getting injured myself. But other than, you know, how to, you know, how long the recovery is. Uh, I know you obviously, um, you delve into a lot of data with your injury analysis in terms of, you know, probability or the the percent of percentage of amount of running backs that uh, played uh, or that I'm butchering your stats. I don't want to, but I don't no, mean no. to butcher your stats, yeah. but uh, the fantasy, like, for example, you'll say they've scored 80% of their fantasy points after returning early versus, you know, when they returned at full health, they were able to, you know, get closer to hundred percent, you know, things like that. And I really do appreciate that analysis, you know, being kind of the way my brain operates in that matter. I do like to have that statistical or quantifiable number attached to <laughs> said outcome. So, um, Edwin, I just, yeah, I mean, just curious. And obviously you're, you, you are a doctor of physical therapy, but how did you get this start? Like what made you say, this is what I want to contribute to the fantasy community? That's a good question, man. Um, a lot of it came from being frustrated myself playing. Cause like you said, like I'm a, I'm an injury analyst, but I'll kick your ass and redraft fantasy specifically redraft though. Not, not dynasty. I'm so bad at dynasty. I just text Graham Barfield today. Like I'm so bad at dynasty. Like the FBI should arrest me. Like that's so bad. I'm still learning. I'm taking my knocks. I'm learning. But in terms of uh, a redraft, I think I'm pretty good. So I would get frustrated before I got into a point in my schooling where I understood a lot of this stuff. And I'd constantly be on like David Chow's Twitter, Stefania Bell's Twitter. And like they were they were good, like they provided stuff, but a lot of it I ended up seeing was Chow would be like, oh, that was an ankle sprain. And then Stefania Bell would be like, well, be careful. He has an ankle sprain. And I didn't feel like there was a middle ground. Right. And that's nothing against either of them. Um, they obviously do more a lot more than that. But I felt like that was what the overall average ended up being. Uh, Stefania is another physical therapist and she's a huge inspiration of mine. Like without her, I don't think I would have done this. Uh, she put it in, you know, in the forefront of everybody's brains that this is even possible. So I, this is, that's no, like not, not trashing her or Chow whatsoever. Uh, I just felt like there was a lot to be, uh, desired, right? There was a lot of like that you were saying, the return to sport time, the return to sport play. What does that look like from a performance standpoint? Like our perception of, of a high angle sprain is this, is this what it is? Our perception of a concussion is this, like, does that actually impact performance? I felt like there was so much in between that I could cover or at least start to cover. And that's what I wanted to give. I wanted the person sitting at home when their, their player went down with an injury and they had no idea where to go, what to expect or where to turn. Like I wanted, I want to give that person some information and some insight. So that's sort of where I got to where I'm at. Once I got to the point, 
where I was able to, where I understood a lot of the physio anatomy, physiology and the pathophysiology, the injuries and stuff like that. That's when I started doing my own research into the data. Like, what does the data say with this? If it didn't exist, I put it, I made it exist. It took a lot of work and a lot of sweat and effort. And I, it's honestly not, I don't have anywhere near as much as I want to in terms of like return, return to, to, to performance after injuries in terms of fantasy points. But there is some, right. I'm starting to build a little database. So that's really how I got to where I'm at now. Fantasy points uh, threw me a bone and they said, hey, be our injury analyst. And that's where I'm at now. Yeah, no, that's an that's an, um, an amazing story there, man. I mean, honestly, like I've been following you a little bit before I before I think you were on with fantasy pros. I don't know or fantasy points. I don't know exactly how I, I caught you. I just remember like looking for injury stuff and, you know, I went poros and then I remember seeing like you know, while after that, you end up with fantasy points. And so I've been following you for, for a while now. And so even just having this opportunity to sit with you here is, is kind of surreal. But <laughs> Oh, um, man, I'm, I'm just a dude. Don't say stuff like that. I know, I know. I'm just know. a dude. I knew you'd say that, but I, I just have <laughs> to I, I just have to express it. But injury prone is a lie. That's what is one of the – it's in your tweet header, your Twitter header, um, your Twitter bio, I should say – I, I know what you mean by that, but tell the people that are listening what you might mean by injury prone is a lie. It, honestly, man, I think it gets misrepresented a lot by other people. Injury prone is a lie is just me tongue in cheek saying you're not as good, not you, right? But like generally speaking, person listening, you're not as good at predicting injuries as you think you are. When you label a player injury prone, when you label a player like Keenan Allen injury prone after his first couple of years in the league, you were wrong and you were going to be wrong. That There's no way around it. Um, if you labeled somebody like Carson Wentz injury prone, obviously it doesn't look great now because he's getting a chronic bone removed from his from his uh, from his foot. But I mean, he played 12 games. You know, I think he actually played a full season into the playoffs, had a concussion and then played a full 12 games after that without an injury. Um, you know, if you called him injury prone, you were wrong. Aaron Rodgers, who had like two clavicle fractures and MCL sprain in his early years. If you called Aaron Rodgers injury prone, you're wrong. Like these things are objectively wrong. 98% of the time that they're applied widely. Um, 2.3% of NFL games are injury free. So that means, well, 98% of players during games are injured. Everybody gets injured. It's a violent game. It's a contact sport. So to say, you know, X person is going to get injured or Y person is going to get injured. Well, yeah, you're going to eventually, if you cast a wide enough net, you're going to be right, but you're not going to be right for the rush now that you're getting like, and it applies to me too. Last year, I said Dalvin Cook, and this year I say Dalvin Cook is a risk because of shoulder dislocation specifically. But I'm not going to turn around and take a victory lap. First of all, I wouldn't take a victory lap because a player gets injured in the first place. But I'm not going to assume or, or you know, presume and tell everybody that I was correct about Dalvin Cook. Um, if he gets a groin strain again, or if he gets a hamstring strain, or if he turns his ankle, or if he gets a high ankle sprain, because that's not what I was telling you he was going to get injured with. Right? I said shoulder. So a lot of the times this, uh, the general public will fall into that fallacy too. Um, they see a dude with like a, an AC separation, a high ankle sprain, and a contusion, right? And they're like, oh, that person's injury prone. Well, no, they're not. Those are two totally, those are three totally separate injuries, and it's they're not easy to predict the way that you're predicting them. So when I say injury prone is a lie, I really just am talking to the, that group of people who just cast a wide net and say this person's injury prone, that person's injury prone. And the point that I'm trying to make with all of this is that it's a lot more complicated than we're making it and a lot less predictable than you think it is. Um, but there is nuance and there is some some information and data like you referred to earlier that helps us sort of pick that apart and tease that apart. Yeah, no, that's all definitely 
good information there. I mean, but to your point, I'm, you can't, it's a violent sport. People are going to get hurt. And then what do you say about the guys that don't get hurt? Do you say that they're, they're immune from getting injured, that they'll never get hurt? Like, I don't think that's really logical to say, but let's talk about Saquon Barkley because he's a guy that is starting to get that fragility tag a little bit has had has dealt with his share of injuries between high ankle sprain and 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 now coming off the ACL MCL tear that he suffered last year what are we expecting from him this season I had him as high at one point as my running back two currently sits as my running back four in PPR leagues trending towards playing in week one like what are you thinking Edwin so Saquon was never going to sit week one. That was never really in the cards. If the Giants sat him, and I sold this to the Discord members, the Fantasy Points members in the Discord, if the Giants sit Saquon Barkley in week one, even though he's ahead of schedule, even though he's making the progress he needs to, 10 and a half months after ACL surgery, meniscus repair, they're just donkeys, right? He was never going to sit. Now, is he back in football shape and ready to roll 100% of a workload? No, he's not quite there yet. And you can tell just by watching him. That's okay, right? Because when you took Saquon Barkley, you didn't take him for week one. You didn't take him for week two. You took Saquon for week five when you're trying to dig yourself out of a hole. You 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 took Saquon in week eight when you have that dig Saquon stack, right? And you're playing the 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 undefeated dude and your undefeated lady in your in your league. Like when you are when you need him, he's gonna be there. Um, I know Dan Dugan, the beat writer for the Giants, specifically said it. He might ever never see his 83% workload. I mean, 83% of a workload is pretty insane, right? It'd be pretty insane to expect that anyway. So I know he's dealt with the high ankle sprain in the past. Now he has this ACL issue. Um, he has earned a little bit of, of skepticism, and he is at the bottom of my yellow light tier at fantasypoints.com for 2021. Um, he's, got, he's at risk for soft tissue injuries if they ramp him up too much. He doesn't come without risk, but what he does come with is literal RB1, RB2 overall upside. And a dude who sees 70% of snaps, 75% of snaps with that talent is enough to, is enough to, to get me excited. Uh, Adrian Peterson, the year after his ACL surgery, saw 76% snaps, finishes RB1 overall. Jamal Charles, the first year after his first ACL, he saw 58% of snaps, finishes RB10. This is all on a points per game basis. Um, in terms of comparing Saquon and AP, Saquon is three years younger than Adrian Peterson was. Saquon is has two more months to recover, had two more months to recover compared to AP. And according to player profiler, he is Saquon is actually a slightly, slightly edges out Adrian Peterson in terms of athleticism on top of the. Who are they going to put Devontae Booker in for third downs? I, I don't think so. So you really what you're banking on is this upside that that no literally no other running back aside from like Christian McCaffrey, maybe Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara have. Um, that's top five upside. And couldn't be me to fade him to the middle of the second like I've seen him going just because he's not going to be. You know, people people take Michael Thomas. People were taking Michael Thomas in like the seventh round, knowing he's going to miss at least three games. So like you're going to, I don't know, you're going to miss out on, on a running back, a, a position that's so scarce uh, with that type of upside because you're scared. Like, I don't know, scared money don't make no money to me. That, that's where I'm at with it. Hey, man, absolutely. I, I, I quoted Bruce Arians a couple weeks ago when talking about Saquon. No risk it, no biscuit. I want the biscuit here. Uh, like you said, between the, the between McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, 
Saquon's got the upside with those three guys to be the RB1, and you're literally getting him as the RB8, 9, sometimes even later. So worth the risk there for me at that price. How are you handling him, though, when it comes to week one? Because that's, I mean, Saquon's probably one of those guys that it's probably an easier decision because you're like, oh, but 170-yard touchdown, and, you know, that could make my week kind of deal. Where are you at with Saquon for week one? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to start him. Um, I know that Stefania Bell, for some reason, I don't know where this number's coming from. She said she'd be surprised if he played more than 15 snaps. Um, maybe she's getting that from from insiders that I don't have, right? I don't know. I know that historically, Adrian Peterson played 60% of snaps in week two back from his ACL. Uh, week one wasn't available. For some reason, I couldn't find it. Uh, Jamal Charles, same thing. Jamal Charles played um, 42% of snaps. So when you look at Devontae Booker, a 29-year-old fourth-round NFL draft capital journeyman on a contract worth $2 million for two years, he's not really a guy that I think is going to be, you know, going to see much work, even even in this situation. I think it, I, I can see this going at a 50-50 split with Saquon getting the calorie-rich touches. Maybe they don't put him in at the goal line. That will definitely be a concern. But if they're swinging him out for for dump offs and he's catching the ball, then I think that, you know, you could see a 12 to 16 point ceiling, even in week one for Saquon Barkley. And I mean, that's a good enough floor for me. I'm I'm probably not going to sit Saquon in week one. Yeah, no, he'd probably be one of the toughest guys to sit, considering you, know, you still have to pay a first or a second round pick on him. And depending on what the rest of your roster looks like, you might not be able to afford to sit Saquon Barkley. But with this next guy, with this price that you're getting him at, DeAndre Swift, I've seen him go in the fourth round. Um, I've, that's basically where I've been, you know, scooping him up third, fourth round. Dealing with the groin injury, Dan Campbell says he expects Swift to suit up. Are, is there any concern here that, that this could linger for Swift throughout the year? You know, I think that Dan Campbell and the coaching staff is probably making this a bigger deal than it actually is. But I do think it's it, how do I put this? It's not not a big deal just because when you think of the, the situation specifically, you think of it in two buckets. You think of it from an organizational coaching perspective and you think of it from a health perspective. So let's break it down from the health perspective first, because that's obviously my wheelhouse. DeAndre Swift had a groin strain in 2018. He ended up needing surgery for it. The surgery tends to do pretty well. It sticks nicely. However, for him, it hasn't seemed to stick nicely because then in 2020, he had a hip issue and we're going to assume because it would make sense that this hip issue was actually a groin issue as well. So it cropped up again in 2020. And then even if it didn't in 2021, here we are, he missed most of the preseason. I know he looked like he had some juice in, in some of the action that he saw at practice, but he still is getting his workloads managed nonetheless. So this is something that you wonder, it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what the truth is. Do the coaches believe DeAndre Swift will need workload management throughout the season, and are they going to limit his touches as a result? The other thing you think about is that in 2020, he had a concussion with severe symptoms. Now, I don't have any data to back this up, but clinically speaking, if you have a bad reaction to your first concussion, then there's, you know, it would make sense for you to have a bad reaction if you were to get a second concussion. We also know that the chances to get a second concussion after the first one just about double in some populations. So, if he gets a concussion, that's another thing you have to worry about because he missed three games with it last year uh, for, for a concussion. So that's the health perspective, right? So you think of it just in that bubble. Then you turn around and look at the fact that Detroit signed Jamal Williams, a dude they didn't have to sign. 
you know, running back doesn't matter, right? Maybe Dan Campbell does think so. But, you know, they signed Jamal Williams, who's more than capable in his own right to handle a decent chunk of work. And on top of that, you also have the fact that maybe they just use Jamal Williams down by the goal line. We don't know. Like, how much of this are they going to look at Jamal Williams and say, we're going to split carries, you know, at more of a 50-50 because we need to manage uh, Swift's workloads. And even when you don't consider a recurrence, like if this weren't to come up in the in this in the season at all, this groin strain, maybe it's going to be because they do manage the workloads and they do limit his his touches. So it's not that he's not one of the most talented backs, you know, going in the third round. It's that there are so many questions, like legitimate question marks, that for me to have him as my anchor, I would have a really hard time doing that. So that's sort of where I'm at with DeAndre Swift. No, that definitely makes sense. So would you be more comfortable? With him, say, as your RB3 or maybe your flex, if, if that's where you get, if you go with an RB heavy start. I think I think DeAndre Swift as a flex is like a dream. Like I wish I was able to get him anywhere as a flex. I was actually considering trading for him. One of my league mates in, in, a, in my home league uh, offered me Swift, but it wasn't a really bad deal. Like it wouldn't have made sense for me. But I was like, man, if I were to slide him into one of my flexes, that actually would look pretty nice. So no, yeah, if he's, as long as he's not my anchor, like those question marks are meh, it's okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, I know that a lot of people anchored with him. And for me personally, I would just be a little nervous. And then on top of the fact, the coaching perspective again, right? They're just on a bad offense. Like I get it. Even if you think Swift is the pass catching back, like that offense is not going to score a lot. Like that offense is not going to score a lot of points. They're not going to gain a lot of yards. Jared Goff is a robot out there. And it's just not, I, I overall the situation is just like, I think that his ADP more so reflects what his value will be, if that makes sense, as opposed to looking at it as like, oh, that's a steal. Like, I think there's a pretty good reason that's non-health related that Swift is going in the third and fourth, if that makes sense. No, that that definitely makes a ton of sense there. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. Let's talk about Cortland Sutton. He's a guy that had an ACL injury of his own week two last year. Uh, He's seems by all accounts to you know be getting back to close to 100% got some preseason action you know had a couple catches even scored a touchdown uh there was you know they were making point of it on the uh broadcast that he was able to cut off of the surgically repaired knee um what are your expectations for Cortland Sutton not just on the year but uh as for for week 1 and you know fantasy managers potentially putting him in their lineups so there's always the risk for soft tissue injuries after an ACL tear, it's like 20% in terms of uh, skilled players who are coming off this ACL injury have a soft tissue strain at some point. But for Sutton, he's super young, so you don't necessarily anticipate that. It seems like he had enough time to ramp up, and he was looking good in the preseason. That stuff matters. Coming off ACL surgery, making the simple cuts against second stringers, like that stuff does matter because you should be able to do that, right? And showing that you can do that is showing that you're back to where you were before. So Sutton, I'm not totally worried about whatsoever. I actually think he's a value. He's a super talented receiver. I know Jerry Judy is on a lot of people's radar for having a breakout season, and he should be, rightfully so. But I think a a close second is Cortland Sutton, and those two dudes are going to be menaces to deal with on the outside. No, definitely, man. And, uh, you know, I've been scooping up a lot of Cortland Sutton. Uh, You know, I have been in that camp where I think that he – He's just too much of an alpha man and too much of a, a I call him a grown ass man. Where he <laughs> he just, is. He yeah. just straight bullies opposing defensive backs. And, you know, I think that that I don't I don't know if that necessarily goes away. I mean, I could be wrong. That's why I'm asking you here. But you seem to to have some agreement with me. But 
I just have to know, Edwin, what's your your general philosophy when it comes to playing these guys? I don't want to say studs because studs is such a you know a, a specific term, but you know playing these guys like Cortland Sutton, like DeAndre Swift, like Saquon Barkley, who we're getting them as discounts, and we feel like we should be able to play them, but week one, not knowing what the situation might be like from a workload perspective, what is your general philosophy on playing these guys? Yeah, I think that's a good question. When it comes to somebody like Cortland Sutton, you probably have some other options, right? You either have some other people, other dudes that you would consider. So you're really weighing that against what does the entire situation look like? Um, Not just from a health perspective, but you know, after you think about, is he going to get snaps? Is he going to get looks? Is he going to get targets? How long will he be on the field, et cetera? You also think about just the situations like, what does the defense look like? Is it a good defense? It's bad defense. What does the game script look like? What's the over under? You know, what are the totals? What's what's their implied total, et cetera? Um, but for somebody like Swift, who's going in the third round, it's really hard to sit him. It's really hard to sit him. The only time that I say start your studs is not correct, or I wouldn't follow that, is when a player, for example, like we saw with Julio Jones last year, like we saw with Keenan Allen last year, like we saw with Adam Thielen in 2019, like we saw with Sean Jackson in 2019, dudes who are coming off a soft tissue injury don't practice, specifically don't practice, or are limited or get downgraded, and then you're waiting on that Schefter tweet. Like, waiting on the Schefter tweet to see if that player is active is already the kiss of death. I'm not starting a dude with a soft tissue strain and waiting for a Schefter tweet. Like, you're already dead in the water. Um, start your studs does not apply to that. But when it comes to su- something like this, uh, from a health perspective, Sutton should be ready to roll. It just depends how much, how big of a role you think he's going to play. And with Swift, it's sort of like you were saying, like you use the, like that price tag is something that you can't necessarily um, ignore. And so especially if you started as, you know, your RB1, you're probably going to have to start him. With Swift specifically, I do think that Dan Campbell and the co- coaching staff is intentionally make this more, making this more convoluted than it has to be. I think he's a lot more healthier than they want us to believe. Um, it's just in terms of the of the workload overall, what they'll do with him this year that the concerns are. So with specifically with both of those guys, I, I'd be ready to roll with both of them. Well, that's good to hear because I, I definitely will be doing that. But Edwin, we, let's talk about some football. And, you know, we've got the Cowboys and the Bucks, you know, Thursday night football season opener. Bucks are Super Bowl champions. Uh, this game has a. 51 point total according to FanDuel Sportsbook. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, seven and a half point favorites. Actually, 51 and a half. Seven and a half point favorites, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are. What are your Big overall favorites. expectations for this game? Do you think that this line is right here with the Cowboys being seven and a half point underdogs? Well, first of all, I got to ask you, are you a Cowboys fan? No, I don't think Jets, so. Based on your wall, I got Curtis Jets, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I was surprised to see that seven and a half point line, um, just because it's I think it's the Tom Brady bias. Um, I know Tom Brady threw a ton of p- touchdown passes, but there were times where Tom, like Tom, let me put it this way, Tom Brady is not, you know, as much as anybody wants to make you believe, he is not quote better than he's ever been. Like, that's objectively incorrect. <laughs> there were moments last year, in fact, where Tom Brady was as bad as he's ever been. Um, if people don't forget, his last throw with Patriots was a pick. Uh, it, it was not it's not pretty. The NFC Championship game for Tom Brady was not pretty. Until he got to the Super Bowl, go look at Tom Brady's adjusted completion percentage. It was bad. Um, Tom Brady, the Bucks won 
with Tom Brady being more of a game manager during the playoffs before they got to the Super Bowl than they did because he was making big plays. Um, it's not to talk crap on a 44-year-old quarterback. Like, the dude's 44. You would expect that. That's not an insult, right? To say that a 44-year-old play, uh, player was bad in the playoffs, like, he made it and he got there, right? But the Bucks had just about the perfect defense you could ask for. They Their, their defensive coordinator is obviously a genius, and the the defense did their thing to, to keep Patrick Mahomes and, and the Chiefs in check. So there are so many factors that go into this. Um, and I think that this has less to do with the with Tom Brady potentially putting up points. And I think it might have more to do with, you know, bookmakers saying, well, look what he did to Mahomes. Look what that defense did to Mahomes last year. Like they, if they can do that to Mahomes, they can do it to Dak. Um, so that might be where that discrepancy is, but I mean, I'd love to give your thoughts on this because I think, I do think that's a, that's a pretty steep line. I'd be surprised if the Cowboys didn't cover at least even in, even in garbage time. No. Yeah. I, the line initially seemed, seemed off to me, but that's a good point about the defense. And uh, we saw Tampa's defense at times struggle last year though. Um, you know, especially there was the game against Mahomes where they struggled. Uh, I think, you know, having two weeks to prepare for Patrick Mahomes and basically come up with that perfect game plan definitely has something to do with it and obviously them having more time here to prepare for Dak could also play into that but I just think that this Cowboys offense is just too explosive there's too many weapons on it between uh obviously CD Lamb Amari Cooper Michael Gallup and then you you know Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield I think there's enough here where the Cowboys can put up some points here and we know that defenses tend to struggle especially early the bucks granted are bringing back all 11 of their defensive starters so who knows how much they'll 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 have a lag there but i definitely think the cowboys can cover the seven and a half yeah that's steep man that'd be steep i think i think if anything uh it's going to be one of those things that they're just going to be forced to to toss the ball around and 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 gain yards and you know kick as many field goals as they as they have to but yeah it'd be it's it's hard seeing that line not not being covered especially with you know, it is it's obviously a Super Bowl defense. Or like you said, they're returning all 11 people, all 11 dudes. But, um, you know, it's early in the season. It's early in the season. It's defenses take some time to catch up. Offenses have a little bit of, a, of an easier time in the early going before defenses can can really establish their roles and, and understand exactly how they need to, to stop the opposition. So yeah, I'd be surprised if they didn't cover that. Yeah, definitely. And and so, I mean, there's some injury news related or that comes out of this game but Chris Godwin he's dealing with a quad Antonio Brown seems to be dealing with a knee is there any concern there for those guys from a fantasy perspective uh for this early Thursday night matchup yeah so Chris Godwin was downgraded from a full practice to to limited practice today typically that's not a good sign um but quads are a lot different in terms of recovery than hamstrings are so they're a lot stronger. They have an entire extra muscle. Obviously, hamstrings are three separate muscles. The quads are four, henceforth the name. So they don't have as bad as a time rehabbing and recovering. And most players who have a quad strain can come back and perform after the quad strain. What you're going to look for tomorrow is that you're going to hope Chris Godwin's a full participant. And you're going to hope that you don't hear for about a setback. Uh, does ding him a little bit in terms of his ceiling? but I don't think it's something to fully fade him for. It's really hard to say, sit Chris Godwin. Um, I know I just said, you know, if you're waiting on a Shefty tweet, but I don't think it's gotten to that severity with Godwin yet, especially like if he were to see, if you were to have seen DNP 
like did not practice, that would have been a much different story. But limited practice, not not that big of a deal yet. So if we're playing, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I wanted to play some DFS on Thursday. Was there a <laughs> Bucks receiver that I should probably lean towards with this news out there? <laughs> That's funny. Antonio Brown was on the injury report, too, by the way. And I know a lot of people are assuming this was a veteran rest day. But on the the thing itself, Rob Gronkowski, did, they did say veteran rest day. But for Antonio Brown, who didn't practice, they didn't say veteran rest day. They called it a knee. So that's a little questionable because Antonio Brown has what I think is he's dealing with just some arthritic changes in his knee um, at, at this age. He's like 33, I think. What is he? 33, 34. So, I, yeah, and he's had some procedures to the knee. So I think that's what he's probably actually dealing with. Chris, Chris Godwin's coming off the quad. So, yeah, I mean, if you really wanted to say wheels up on Mike Evans, uh, I know that he's been he's been a dude that's been difficult to sort of pinpoint this year because I know a lot of people are saying that he's due for some regression. So I, I mean, at this point you're really looking at, at three dudes. Um, and, and if you want to pick one of them and pick the healthy one, right? Yeah, definitely. And so now, I mean, sorry, this, this just got my brain going. Does this mean that the total is now in danger here potentially if the bucks don't have all their horses? <sighs> Uh, that's uh, that's going to be on uh, that's going to be a question for you man i mean i think that mike evans and tom brady with that backfield and and gronk is gronk isn't fantastic at this point but i think that's enough to still put up some points and i think godwin still goes and and can be effective if not a decoy so no i don't think this impacts the the total too much all right no i i like that man i like that well look Edwin, I don't want to take up too much of your time, brother. This was this was awesome, man. Um, everyone, if you're not already following Edwin, make sure you do follow him at FBInjuryDoc on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're checking out his work at FantasyPoints.com. Edwin, is there anything else that you want the people to know? Uh, anything you got? Anything you're working on that you want them to go check out? Um, what's what's going on, man? Yeah, man. So we got over on FantasyPoints.com. It's totally free. It's a little blurb of um a it's almost like the nbc sports Edge blurbs but they're specific to injuries that i'm filling out and updating frequently right now we're working through some kinks and some bugs it's not letting me update for some reason as much as i want to but it's going to be updated frequently with injuries go to the site like i said it's totally free go to the news tab it's actually research and news and then down to injury insights and you're going to get specific updates on players um at that specific site and then just make sure to follow me on twitter at fb injury doc and then my podcast the injury prone fantasy football podcast i'll talk about every fantasy relevant injury during the week man but that's it i I appreciate you having me man no absolutely man uh make sure you make edwin a part of your weekly process i know i do uh i i've listened i listen to his podcast to try to get that that injury edge uh also have the injury insights bookmarked as we speak so i will be plugged in uh, all throughout the year. And make sure you check out his work at fantasypoints.com as well. And uh, Edwin, again, appreciate you, brother. Uh, everyone, we appreciate y'all for listening. Have a good one, and we are out of here. Peace. Thanks,